All right, and we are live. I am super excited for today's episode of the High Techerpreneur Show. Today, I bring you guys a special guest. This person is someone that I met at Funnel Hacking Live. Just an amazing guy. When I'm telling you, like, I'm to myself a little bit, right? I kind of to myself, this guy is just amazing at connecting with people and just talking and Oh, it's really, really good. I hope we can bring you guys some value. And without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Brendan on. Let's go ahead, Brendan. What's going on, brother? How are you? Good, Jonathan. How about yourself, brother? Good, good. So, Brendan, I was talking, I was kind of like introducing yourself. I'm introducing you, and I was telling them that you are really good at connecting. And I saw you like talking to a whole bunch of people. How did you learn that? Or is that just something that came natural to you? Dude, through a lot of mistakes over time, trust me, I've, I've connected with people uh, that I didn't get along with too well. I've talked yeah. to people where I was like, wow, this is not this is not amazing and I kind of suck at this. <laughs> but I, th- I think the, the, the rationale, the approach I've ever always had to networking yeah. is networking is a filtering system. Okay. Right? If you want to meet incredible people, you need to be willing to meet really bad people, people you don't like, people who don't have mm. the same personalities as you. So for me, my approach at conference, especially something like Funnel Hacking Live, is I know for every hundred people I meet, there's one golden person I'll meet. Oh, I like and, that. And if I latch, if and if, if I'm willing to go through the effort of meeting the other 99 people that kind of go, uh, I mean, a lot. I mean, Funnel Hack is a bit different. A lot of people yeah. would be amazing. But like in the general real world, uh-huh. I'll find that golden, that needle in the haystack. So that's why I always show up with that same energy. But of course, it's not something I started with. I mean, I remember when I was 19 years old, I, I emailed a senior executive for coffee. Uh-huh. He was like one of the top executives of this company called Ernest & Young. And he goes, yeah, sure, I'll meet you for coffee. And I had like an oversized suit from prom because <laughs> I couldn't afford anything more expensive. Yeah, I I, ha- I had like a book in my hand, I had Ray Dalio's book in my hand, Principles, just to look smart, even if I wasn't reading the book. <laughs> and and you know you go from there, and it turns out the guy was really nice. So you, yeah, you'd be surprised um, how many okay, people awesome. are really cool. Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Because I know a lot of people. I mean, especially when we work from home now. Like I've been working from home and doing anything for the past, you know, four or five years. I have my circle, right? Like it's very small like my circle my main circle is very small and i've always been used to doing everything behind the scenes like running ads just behind the scenes and really just doing everything behind the scenes this year just now is where i'm actually creating this content and you know being consistent with it i've been trying to do that for maybe like a year or so or probably longer but when it actually comes to networking i thought i was good like, I really thought I was good, but I was good. like, uh, I saw Brandon just going boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, man, he doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's so good at it. He just doesn't stop. He goes from one place to another place, just dominated the room. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Uh, that thanks, is amazing. brother. And that's uh, a little bit what you coach on, right? Because you're a coach. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. So um, tell us a little bit about that. What What is it that you do? Because I know you have a big YouTube channel, right? 14,000 subscribers, if I'm not wrong. Um, and you're all about like speaking and all of that stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so let's start with the, with the story behind that. Mm-hmm. So what happened, Jonathan, is when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Okay. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing football or baseball, uh-huh. Or something else that's dangerous that, as you can tell by looking at me, I'm not really <laughs> equipped to do. I did I did presentations competitively. That was my thing. Really? 
Yeah. So for years, I presented pretty much every single day almost. And it was through that experience that led to the YouTube channel because I realized a lot of people needed communication. Communication is everything, right? It's everything you do. Right. So, but the information online sucked. You hear mm-hmm. advice like, oh, you should like be yourself or get up on stage. And I was like, so I started making videos in my mom's basement before okay. I started my six figure corporate job. And then, you know, a few years later, it turned into a business. That's amazing. So you kind of, I mean, you kind of had something, okay, I can't, I, I don't want to do sports or I can't do sports. Let me kind of fall into this place, right? It's kind of how it went. You got it, man. Like for me, the dream was never to become an entrepreneur. I'm probably the most anti-entrepreneur you'll ever have on this podcast because I became an entrepreneur by accident. Like my goal was to become, I mean, I mean, I'm sure your parents were immigrants or your parents' parents were immigrants, yeah. right? Like for us, the exit is not entrepreneurship. The ed- mm-hmm. exit is education. Like go be a doctor, go yeah. be an accountant. So I, I was like, yeah, I was, I was doing, really, I'm not the kid who was like selling lemonades on <laughs> lemonade stands or doing really bad in school. No, I was an A student. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, no, I'm going to be a corporate executive, which was what I was doing. I was at IBM for two and a half years, but entrepreneurship kind of chose me. Oh, that's dope. That's amazing. So let me ask you, I mean, you were where you want to be. You like, you were at your, I guess, dream job that you, you wanted to be at. Oh yeah. You're younger. What, like, when did you figure out, when was that moment that you're like, you know what, like, this is not for me, or I want to go ahead and take this leap to go ahead and do this? Or were you doing your YouTube channel the whole time where you were there and just, how did that go? Exactly. So so the answer is actually both of what you said. So the, the first piece is I, I kept doing the YouTube channel. Okay. And my video sucked in my first couple of years. I just did it to help people because uh-huh. I realized a lot of students couldn't afford like a speech coach. Yeah. So I just kept making it while I was working and making a very decent living at IBM. But over time, what ended up happening, you know, a lot of people say at this point, you know, I hated my job. Mm-hmm. Life sucked. <laughs> no, not at all, actually. IBM was really good to me. The job was amazing. The pay was fantastic. They offered me a big bonus to stay and I said no. Your co-workers were good as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything was amazing. No complaints. I was working a lot, right? You yeah. make a lot of money at a corporate job. You work yeah, like yeah, 70, 80 hours a week. It's just the, the norm. But the reason I left, because I cut my salary in half to be an entrepreneur. The reason mm-hmm. I left was because the impact I could make with my time. Like, Think mm-hmm. about this conversation we're having yes. right now. If I was still in corporate, I would make a lot of money for the hour that I would spend uh-huh. in that meeting. But I wouldn't be able to impact any lives because I'm just talking like just random stuff in a meeting versus actually having using that hour to have a conversation with you on yes. a podcast. That's amazing. That's amazing. So for you, it was really not about, hey, I'm going to make a whole bunch of money. It was more about I need to impact more people and help more people. Correct. Because and, and this is the advice I, I tell people, right? I think if you want to make a lot of money, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. especially if you you're really good at school or you're you're really good at like uh, physical things. You could be a plumber, make two fifty. Like it's not like it's not a hundred percent. Right. There's no risk. I I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, what I always recommend first, this is what I call side hustle comfortably. Mm -hmm. Like make good money first. Try and sell a service. You can get sales. And only if you see traction, then quit because entrepreneurship is hard as shit. Yeah. Tell me about it, bro. I kind of fell into this by accident a little bit, right? It was more about, hey, like, I, I had a 
full-time job as a personal training director. I was running a gym at 18 years old, 19 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I was making good money, right? It was commission-based. So I wasn't into like sales and like Grant Cardone type of stuff. But then I was like, I had a dream of becoming a professional soccer player. Like that was my dream. And I had this opportunity to go to Europe. Wow. And I'm like, well, I got two months to go. I'm going to have to quit my job. How am I going to make money or how am I, what am I going to do? I, I had no idea what to do. Like absolutely no clue. And that's kind of how the research phase started and all of that stuff started. And, you know, five years later, here we are talking to, to the master talk, Max, master. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's super Yeah. Cool. It, it all started there. I mean, I still play soccer. It, it's something that I love to do for just a passion, just in general. I feel like you have to have that one thing that just takes you away from, the reality that you live on a daily, daily basis because if not it probably drives you crazy and this is my opinion i go to the field i play soccer and i completely forget about absolutely everything that's going on <laughs> it's just the way it is man I love so that, bro. that is awesome bro and let me ask you a question because i know a lot of people would not do what you did would just take a pay a half pay cut unless they absolutely hate the job which i still think they wouldn't take a you know like a pay cut to start their business very rare that happens. How was that transition for you? Was it tough or was it just easy? Yeah, so it definitely was tough. I, I think leaving my job was probably the hardest decision I ever made in my life and will always be because a lot of my identity was wrapped into mm. it. So it wasn't really about the money, Jonathan. Yeah. It was really, and, and that was important too. Mm -hmm. But I'll say the biggest thing is my whole identity was tied there. Like literally from the ages of 19 to 23, my goal was to get that job. So Ooh. I did all these case competitions, coached all these people for free in university, did all these hundreds of crazy presentations just to get that six-figure job. Yeah. Just to get it. So to then leave that job to try something else is not just a hit on the income because I was broke mm -hmm. anyways in university. Yeah. I could live on zero. It's fine. Uh -huh. But the, the real problem was admitting that after doing That's all of you. this, that this is actually not what I want to do long term. Mm. That was the hardest thing for me. Wow. But, yeah, but I would say like advice for people. Look, I, I think the biggest thing is really understanding the end game. Not mm -hmm. the first inning, but the last one. You know, Jeff Bezos calls this the regret minimization framework. If you And the question goes something like this. If you were 85 years old today in your rocking chair, like right now, yeah. what would you regret the most not doing? And once you really ask yourself that question, that's what led to Jeff leaving his Wall Street job. He was making, what, half a million dollars a year yeah. as a banker to start Amazon. And that's amazing. That's amazing. I think uh, it was somebody else that said that fun hacking lab as well, Anthony Trucks. So it was like, hey, just imagine yourself like you're sitting next to an old person, ninety when ninety years old, and that young old person is you. Like that's yeah, that then the shift is incredible. It's incredible. So how long were you at that job? I was at the job for two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay, so it, it was. It was. I mean, it was a long time, but it wasn't like you were there for ten years. Like Mark was at his job yeah. for twenty years and crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so. Oh man, man, I have so many questions for you, bro. So when you, for example, you got out of your job, right? You got mm -hmm. out of your job. Obviously, it took you a little time to, you know, adjust to the new identity, to your new thing. Was it when you were having success with your clients or with the people you were coaching that you're like, this is exactly what I want to do? Like, feel reassuring about it? 
or when was it? Because I'm pretty sure you still had doubts, right? Absolutely, Jonathan. I completely agree. So, so I would say the biggest thing, this is probably most important, is this is why I recommend side hustling comfort. Because if you want to be an entrepreneur, you'll you'll know really quickly. Yeah. Because if you're not willing to spend the income you're making on your job on your business before mm-hmm. you leave to go full time on your business, it, it tells you right away you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Like I'll give you an example with me. Like I do well in the business now, but I still live in my mom's basement. Like my mom's yeah. upstairs, right? It's because I want us to share all the expenses. So I can keep my cost rate low. Uh-huh. That's one piece. But the other piece as well is when we think about business in general, I always recommend if possible – have a clear product or service. Solve mm-hmm. that problem before you leave corporate. You know, even at Funnel Hacking, I think it's crazy. I, I see yeah. so many people who have left their corporate job, gone all in, don't have a clear product or service, yeah, have never done sales in their life. And that shit uh-huh. worries me, man. <laughs> that shit worries me because I'm yep. like, look, some, yeah, sure. We hear about it in the media. Some people just quit their job and figure it out and they make it. Uh-huh. But that number is like tiny, very, tiny, very tiny, tiny. Right. Most people who become entrepreneurs are very successful. They're generally in their 40s. And the reason (laughs) is because they have all this lived experience. So when they quit, their chances of success is really, really high because they've already been through the shit. Whereas when you're really young or you don't have experience, the biggest risk, and Alex Hormozzi talks a lot about this. He's he's the guy who has the best funnel in funnels. What Alex says is like the biggest risk is you don't know what you're doing. So what you want to do. Is you, and this is what I did when I was in corporate for two years. I just learned off my company's back. Mm. So in exchange for the value I was offering for a salary, I would use that salary and just take my vacation and go to personal development conferences Ooh, and learn okay. and figure out. And then when I had the right product and I met the right business partner at one of these events, and I started doing cr- like really good sales and I replaced like 40% of my income, I was like, yeah, I can totally figure this out because everything's uh-huh. there. I know the channel. I know the distribution. I know the clear product. And I'm doing sales. I just need to sell 30 more things and I'll make just as much as I used to. And how long ago was that? So I quit my corporate job three months ago. Oh, but I've been side hustling for two years. For two years, okay, so yeah. awesome. I uh, so so we're all three, we're all in the past three months, right? Has there been one moment in the past maybe like month or so that you just feel like this is not for me? Like this is just I want to because it's it's so like it's so tempting, right? It's so tempting for a lot of people, and I know people personally like who go all in in their job and they realize that is a lot harder than it may seem. And they're like, it's so much easier just to get a, you know, my corporate job and call it a day and just work there and just be comfortable. Right. Like this is for not a lot of people. And like, I've had to get a job, but it's because there was no income coming in for a period of time. Like, right. So like, I'll tell you about my story later on, but it was just more about like, Hey, I quit. It didn't go like, I'm going to make so much money and I'm going to travel the world. No, it went Got client, right? Like it was just up and down. So has there been a moment in the past month or so that you just like, you know what? Like, I gotta go back. Or you're just all in. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> yeah. So I've definitely have those, especially in my case, where it's not hard for me to get a corporate job again uh-huh. that makes the same amount of money. So so there's definitely that, oh wow, I I I should probably go back. I should probably think about doing corporate. But I think the reason what always brings me back. And that's, I think, the biggest benefit of entrepreneurship is I think the real entrepreneurs don't leave their jobs for the money. Mm -hmm. They leave it for time freedom. They leave it for time freedom because they go, 
you know, I get to work more, but now I get to choose the hours and I get to mm-hmm. allocate my time, my lifespan in the right way. And I think that's the, the other key as well. But I think that, look, at the end of the day, look, corporate is stressful too. I think grass is, is never greener on the other no. side. But I think another thing that, that can tell you if you should be an entrepreneur or not, because I honestly think 95% plus of people shouldn't be entrepreneurs, yep. is if you made $50,000 a year for the rest of your life, but you got to control all your hours, would you still mm-hmm. like that deal? And yeah. most people would go, well, wait a second. Because yeah. if I'd stayed at my corporate job for another four years, not like 40 years, I'd be making 200, 250 a year. Uh-huh. Right? right? So so people need to understand the the, the yes. trade-offs yeah. here. Whereas for me, I realized very quickly out of corporate that, hey, if I was making 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year for the rest of my life every year, I would still pick being an entrepreneur any day love it love it i was actually hearing this podcast not um i think it was like two days ago i forgot who it was but he was he said exactly that he was like if i prefer to make fifty thousand dollars a year and control my time and control my hours and then make one hundred and fifty thousand out of corporate and how to ask for when to take vacation and time off and sick days and stuff like that he's like i prefer to make 50k over 150k but have control of my time and there are some people and they know but like the money and i'm like Oh wow, that I resonate with that. I resonate with that because I honestly prefer to be able to. Hey, tomorrow I'm gonna go ahead and leave, and I have to ask for you know permission or stuff like that because I have control of my time. I think time freedom at the end of the day, especially nowadays, is extremely important. Like I feel like COVID has shown a lot of people that you can work from home and do all of this stuff and still not be so depending on you know having a job. Right. So what do you think about that scenario? Because I know I talk to a lot of people and they're like, I don't I don't want to go back to my job. I've been home for all of this time. Like it's like go back to my job and then have to come back home because obviously everything's going back. Like, how do you like what advice do you have for those type of people? It's just like that are, don't know what to do. Right. But want to do something Like they feel the urge to do something. Absolutely. It's a great question. And, and one other thing that I can also add in regards to time versus money, and this is people, especially in our age, in our 20s, we don't mm-hmm. think about a lot. So here's a scenario for people to think about. Let's say you were 75 years old today, like right now, yeah, and you could buy back, you could go back to your 20s for one more year and play that year out again. How much money would you spend to get an extra year in your youth? Mm where you have the same limbs, you have the oh. same energy. Like you'd pay millions of dollars for that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Everyone's trading their time in their twenties for 50 grand a year. Yeah. Like it's nuts. It is. Like we're, we're giving up that our twenties, our precious twenties where we don't have mortgages. We don't have uh, babies. We don't have family that, you know, we don't have yeah. like all these commitments yet. We're throwing away those youthful years for like pennies on the dollar. It's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's so, insane. But the other piece that I want to drive is to your question, what advice do I have for people who haven't figured out what their passion is or what they want to do? Let me start by saying that's perfectly normal. I got really lucky in life where mm-hmm. I found that gift and what I what I had that 100x edge on yeah. than most people. But I, I do also empathize with the fact most people don't. So here's the advice because I didn't figure out what that was for many years which is the following decisions matter a lot more than passions. Mm. I honestly believe that passions are useless. If you don't have one, you can be yeah. passionate about anything, Jonathan, you can be passionate about your hat. 
You can be yeah. passionate about your family. You can be passionate about your awesome background, which is great, by the way. <laughs> you can be passionate about a lot of stuff. Yeah. But you can't build a business and a life out of that passion sometimes. Sometimes you can. Most of the times you can't. You can't. So I'm a big fan of decisions. So think about my life. I didn't say when I was 15 or when I was 12, you know, Jonathan, I really want to be a YouTuber. No. <laughs> I thought that was for wealthy people, bro. Yeah. I thought that was for people who are, like were white and had a lot of my series. <laughs> so I was like, so I asked myself very different question that I urge people to listen to and implement. And the question is, what does the world need me most to do right now and why? Mm. So what does the world need me most to do right now and why? And for me, the answer to that question when I was 15 or 18 was not start a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. was not coaching people on communication. It was get a six-figure job because mm -hmm. your mom's struggling and you should yeah. help her. Right? That's it. So I made the decision to go to business school. I made the decision. I did something. I'm in movement. But it's those decisions that led to my passion. But here's the point. If I never made those decisions, I would you never would, be I'm, able to yep. do Master Talk. Most people don't make decisions. That's the big yes. gap. Yes, I absolutely agree with you 100% because I know people personally that it's been two or three months and they're still in the same place because they have not made a decision up to where to go to, right? Sometimes absolutely. you just need to get a movement and things will start falling into you, right? Like people, things will start falling. Like you fell into like communications and then your job and then your YouTube channel and then this is where you are now, right? it falls into it. Like, I didn't want to be a host of a podcast, but I fell into it, right? It's just like something, and now I absolutely love it. You see me going live usually on a daily basis and now talking to people on Fridays. I think I absolutely love it because I'm learning so much. Like, I know from you guys, right? Like, I have some other interviews that I haven't uploaded, but I have learned so much that it's just like, wow, like, this is, this is amazing. You know, this is amazing. That Like, I wasn't, when I was in school, I'm telling you, like, I hated school. Like I was one of those kids that just like I want to play soccer and that's hey like I'm gonna be a professional soccer player. Don't talk to me. Like I told my teachers that I was like I'm not going like I'm gonna be a professional soccer player. I had D1 scholarships and I said no to them. Like I said no to them because I'm like no, I'm going to overseas to play soccer. And I wow. went overseas to play soccer. Right? I graduated, went overseas, didn't work out, and then I went to Colombia and didn't work out, and then I went somewhere else, didn't work out, and I'm like. This is just a lot harder than it seems, right? <laughs> and then just last year before COVID, I was actually playing and in, in, um, I was going to sign a contract to be a professional soccer player still wow. last year. Wow. Last year. Yeah. But then as soon as that happened, like COVID happened and all the last did happen, I'm like, oh, man, like this sucks. I'm going to go back. But like that's kind of why I started my business online. It was to have that freedom, to have that time freedom, not to really – make a whole bunch of money and call it a day, but I also have that time freedom where I could kind of like do what I want, which was to play soccer, you know? Mm -hmm. But over the time, like especially this past year and a half, it's been more about, you know, more reading, more going in debt into like this funnel hacking thing, the marketing and all of this stuff that I'm, and I've, I've always knew I was passionate about it, but like now it's just like even more, like I'm even more passionate about it. Like literally, I breathe, eat, funnels. Like, I really do. Like, I really do. Yeah, like, do. I know you. Really like, you're, you're, you're like the anti-funnel person. Like, <laughs> the one person that was there that didn't have play funnels. All right? Yeah, it's true. I do have a funnel, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. 
But I'm just like, okay, well, if I do this, do this, and do this, and like, I just love it. Like, honestly, I love it, but I, I fell into it, you know? It wasn't something that I chose when I was 15. Hey, I'm going to build a funnel. I'd be like, what the hell is a funnel, you know? So right. I actually and, and love to it. to your point, like, something you said that's so brilliant there, Jonathan, is you tried a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and what people don't get is, like, since time is your most valuable asset, time is the thing you can't buy back. Yep. You're, most people just waste it. So let's say in a week, the person who, who wants a passion but isn't really trying, which is most people, they just sit there and watch TV. And I'm like, yep. okay. Versus the person who actually wants to find their passion and isn't sure what it is. Mm-hmm. They're always in movement. Like, okay, I'll take a painting class. I'll do a funnel thing. I'll, I'll listen to Brendan on a podcast. Yes. I'll run. You're go consuming a, a whole bunch of information. They'll make 100 decisions a week. Yeah, because if I you know. make those 100 decisions a week... It won't take you that long to go, oh, wait, decision 727 is actually yep. the thing. But because I made those decisions in my 20s, now I can spend my whole life doing that one thing. Exactly my point. I love it. I love it. And um, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but kind of like if you want to start something, right, you have to kind of find a hot market, right? Find a hot market where you're kind of interested in and just kind of go ask what they want. <laughs> It's kind of that simple, right? Like, it's like, I tell people all the time, it's like, no, the first thing you want to go ahead and do is really, well, first look at yourself. What do you like doing? If you don't like doing anything, look at what you're kind of interested in, find a hot market and just simply go in there and be like, hey, what is it that you want? Like, what is it that you need? And try to solve those problems. And that could become your new opportunity. That could become the opportunity that you take back to that market. Right? I think that's really good. The only thing I would add on top of, so it's not disagreeing, it's agreeing, but with an mm-hmm. extra layer on top. And I think the extra layer on top is understand the price you need to pay so yeah. to, to actually win in that market. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you take the professional soccer. One I yeah. like to use is like being Kobe Bryant, like professional basketball. Yeah. Like most people look at Kobe and they say, wow. They go, oh my God, look at Kobe. He's like so amazing. But very few people ask how. So I always mm-hmm. say, say, never say wow, always ask how. Like, don't just like say, wow, this person's great. But like, what's the actual price this person had to pay to get to the door? Thousand shots a day, wakes up 4 a.m. in the morning, made the decision to go pro at 11, already had parents in the league. Like he had every advantage. Yep, yep. And he executed. He didn't just go, oh, I have every advantage. I'm not going to do shit. He's like, I had every advantage I implemented. So I look at that person's life and I'm like, yeah, being a professional basketball player might be cool, but I'll never do that. I won't mm-hmm. win in that market versus going, okay, public speaking, how coaching, right? How can I do it? I was like, okay, I see the YouTubers. Okay. Yes. You only need to post once a week. So I looked at all that stuff and I was like, I can win that market, but mm-hmm. I can't win the pro sports market. Yeah. So it's also understanding the price you love need to it. pay to actually be successful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Brendan, let me ask you this question. Cause I know, let's say we go back four years ago. Would you, with everything that you know now, would you start doing what you're doing now or would you still go the corporate job? That's interesting. So this is this is challenging, right, Jonathan? Because four uh-huh. years ago, I didn't have the same knowledge that I do but today. But what I would say is I would probably go through the same path again. Okay. And, and the reason is because, and everyone's different. Uh-huh. But for me in particular, you know, Buddha has this saying where for you to give up the desire, you need to enjoy it first. You need to indulge yes. in that desire before you decide you don't want that desire anymore. Mm-hmm. So the the analogy that I want to bring here is I needed to experience corporate. Yeah. I needed to make the money. 
I needed to enjoy the five star hotels and the lobster and the dinners. Like it was nuts, especially for yeah. me. Like I don't, I don't do fine <laughs> diner. Like I was like, <laughs> what is that? Right. And they were just dropping hundreds of dollars on all of us. I needed to experience it to yep. know that I didn't want it or I didn't mm-hmm. need it. Rather. But then you will live with that. What if I would have done that? Correct. And that's the worst thing possible. Yeah. Having that. What if is it drives me crazy. Right. Right. But everyone's different, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it's funny, especially in our culture. Everyone says they want to be an entrepreneur. Whereas if I if we say something, well, what if I give you half a million dollars right now? Would you still be an entrepreneur? Or would you just Me? go on vacation? No, yeah. just in general. Oh, yeah. Not no, you. I'm... No. <laughs> just people in general. Yeah. Right? It's like, no, well, if I if I gave you half a million dollars, like cash, like you don't have to pay it back. Uh-huh. You just get the would you still want to would you still struggle as an entrepreneur? Yeah, people would be like, "No, I'm taking this vacation." <laughs> it's kind of like the, the it's kind of like NBA, right? Kobe Bryant said when he got into the league, and I don't even watch sports. It's funny how I know all these sports and, uh-huh. just, and and Kobe was like, "Oh, the easiest part was being in the NBA." And then the guy was interviewing, and Patrick Bid David was like, "Why?" What he's like, mean, yeah. "He's." And then Kobe said, "Well, because nobody cares anymore, because everyone's mm-hmm. making money. So now everyone's making money. No one cares about the game anymore." So he's, he said, that was easy. I'm going to be the best basketball player of all time. Nobody cares. Kobe, you could have given him ha- like $10 billion, literally. He still would have yep. played with the same intensity. 100%. And I think that's the thing people need to get. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like that goes back to the point that we were making earlier that is like when you change it from like, hey, I need to, I want to make money to how can I impact more people? Then you have that type of mentality. It's just like, hey, I'm here to impact a lot of people. I'm here to change people's lives. And money is going to be a side effect of what I'm doing. That's when you mentality shift is like you're doing it because you absolutely love it. Obviously you have to pay bills. You have to pay bills. So the money's going to come. Like it's going to come because you're helping other people. Right. Absolutely. It's not like I can't, how can I make money? Oh, let me do this and see if you can pay me. Right. It's that complete like mind shift of that, that we were talking about earlier, which is, it's golden. Honestly, it's golden. So you would take the same route, of hey let me go to corporate and then boom fall into it i love it i love it absolutely so let me ask you i mean let's say right now i want to i think i know what you would do but let me let me ask you right now let's say you lose everything youtube channel gone like starting from zero except everything you know obviously except everything Mm. you know does that include bank account zero too yeah, like zero, everything. Money is zero, nothing. Like I, you, you just have your knowledge. Like you're just a your knowledge. No Nobody network knows either. Who you are, okay, right? Gotcha. No money, nothing. What would you do for the next thirty days? What is this undercover thousandaire? <laughs> <laughs> what would I do to make seven dollars? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I would say the first thing. So let's say I have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. All right. Honestly, the first thing I would do is not build a business. I would just go straight and find a job at a coffee store yeah, or get like, cause I'm still a good speaker, right? In that world, I would get like a $50,000 job and, or I would just go to university. That's the first thing I would do. Cause, because for me and everyone's different, you know, you would think I would answer, Oh yeah, I would go hustle there. That's not Uh my mentality. Like I am not a purebred entrepreneur. Yeah. I knew, I knew that your first answer was going to be, I would get a job. To cover my expenses and then start figuring everything out again. Correct. I would I would do the same thing. So I I would get a job and then reinvest and start the YouTube channel all over again. And I'll explain why a little bit later. And then rebuild the brand and rebuild the equity 
and rebuild the relationships. Because at the end of the day, Lewis Howes actually says this best. So I'll just rephrase what he says, which is the following. If you lose everything, but you still have your personal brand, you'll always win. Yes. Right? 100%. You could, you could lose. Like, I mean, what? Russell Brunson could lose everything tomorrow and just mm-hmm. go, I'm starting a bakery. Everyone's going to line Everybody's up and that bakery is going to buy it. Yeah. Right, me and you're gonna be like, oh my god, it's like click. Hundred percent. Let's go. I don't even use click bottles. I'm still gonna wait in line. And go, hey, <laughs> I want to. Whatever. <laughs> like, what's in these? What's in these cookies? Is there like a yeah gift or something? So, so that's, that's the funny. key. Is personal brand is everything. I would rebuild that. And the other piece I would drive, especially if you're a coach, you're a business owner. Why I'm so bullish on YouTube has nothing to do with follower count. The reason I'm bullish on YouTube is it allows you to build a video library of your thought leadership. So I'll give you an example. Let's say we take this. Yeah. So you meet me. I tell you I have a YouTube channel. That's it. I don't say anything else. Mm-hmm. Because of the status we associate to YouTube, your immediate reaction without me saying anything is always, oh, I want to see what his YouTube channel is. Always. Yeah. We don't do that with any other social media. If I tell you I have an Instagram account, you can be like, I don't care. <laughs> or if I, but if I say I have a YouTube account, you're always going to go there. But whether I have a thousand followers or 10 million, you're going to subscribe. You're going to be cool videos and you'll probably watch one after we're done talking. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing here is I'm indirectly building my personal brand through other human beings. So going back to what I was doing at Funnel Hacking, because I think you like this since we're talking tactics now, I don't need to sell services. Uh-huh. I don't need to pitch anybody. I don't need to sell anyone. All I need to do, to your point that you're talking about yesterday in your live, is I need to increase people in my value ladder. But even better than putting people in a funnel, which is still slimy, if, if especially with other funnel, yeah. all I did is I would go up to 100, 200 people and go, hey, I got a YouTube channel, public speaking tips. All of them, literally all of them go, oh, that's awesome. Click, awesome. click, 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 click. Yeah. And then 50 of them watch the videos and 10 of them call me and I and I get service done. So I already, already paid my money back. That's insane. Done. I don't do anything. There's no funnel. There's nothing. Because the YouTube channel has so much information that's value. I don't pitch anything that people go, I want to work with this person. Yeah. So that's the benefit of YouTube. Even if you have 50 followers you can send links. So let's say a prospect message you, Jonathan, says, hey, I'm interested, but you don't want to get on a phone call with them. You just go, what's your question? And they ask you a question, but you have a video on that question. Boom. Here, here's the video. Let me know. Wow, Jonathan's video is amazing. And their mind, their perceived value of you is going to be way higher than every other coach that they're talking. 100%. And that's kind of goes into what I was talking about yesterday. You know, it's like, yeah, we have to get attention. And the way, I mean, if we really break it down, the way you were getting attention at Funnel Hacking Live, which is talking to people, hey, I have a YouTube channel. And that little thing is putting them into your ecosystem, right? It's putting them into your ecosystem, which is your YouTube channel. Because you know that your YouTube channel is going to do all of the work for you because you have the content there. They're going to see it. They're going to boom. And then, then from there, they're going to go message you saying, hey, blah, blah, blah. You already have that sales process, right? It's still like a sales funnel but it's not like a sales funnel right it's like a just the way you do things like you go get attention from somewhere in this case was networking one-on-one you drove those 100 people into your youtube channel out of those 100 people they're going to watch and some of them are going to be like oh wow this is amazing i actually need this right like let me give you a cool insight here so people get this because this is kind of like seven figure thinking Mm -hmm. which is even the people who aren't your customers are your customers yes let me repeat that again even the people who aren't your customers are your customers. I'll give you a perfect example. With this very podcast, I don't even care if nobody watches this. Mm-hmm. Even if this gets zeros, why do I say yes to this? Because I know you're a funnel hacker. 
So if I drop a lot of value and uh, you watch the YouTube videos and you buy nothing from me, you'll still tell 10 other people, man, this Brendan guy's really amazing. amazing. Yeah. And then one of those 10 people is going to be like, what does Brendan do? Uh-huh. And then and then you're and then you're gonna tell those ten people, oh, he has a YouTube yeah. channel called Master Talk. And then those ten people are gonna watch it, and then those ten people are gonna use it, and then I'll spread like a virus, right? That's it, That's bro. The That's amazing. That's amazing, guys. If you guys go back and the replay of this and just listen to what we just talked about for the past four or five minutes, please. Because so many people focus on how can I get attention, but they have nowhere to send them to. Like they have literally zero content, and that's what I'm talking about. How is business message, right? It's just like if if you if you ask me how is business, and I go to your profile, and your content is amazing, and I resonate with your content, and I'm like, okay, this can actually help me. I'm more likely to respond to you and to be interested in your services. But if I go to your profile and there's nothing, like imagine if you say I have a YouTube channel, there's no videos. <laughs> Like what? But can you subscribe though? <laughs> but can you subscribe, right? <laughs> it makes no sense. Right. It literally makes no sense. And that was kind of the point that I was putting out there. Like it makes no sense because if you you need to like again build your personal brand, build you, build who you are, get more people to know what you do, right? And that's something that I struggle with the longest because I'm not good at speaking. I'm terribly at speaking, I think. Well, yeah, I got better. But if you really look at one of my old, old YouTube videos, it was terrible, 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 terrible. I don't know if you saw that Payne Young presentation of the guy screaming at him when he was younger. It, it was something like that. It was <laughs> that was horrifying. The guy <laughs> yelling was, at Payne. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. But again, if he would have made the decision to go through with what he was doing, he would not have been on stage because a lot of people would have been like. After that experience, no, this is not for me, right? Like, this is not for me. I'm just going to go back behind my computer. But he just kept going, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. So, Brandon, what's next? What, you know, obviously you went to Funnel Hacking Lab. You saw kind of like the atmosphere, the funnels, the strategies, the house, right? What is next for your business right now? Is it going to be continue doing what I'm doing? Or is it going to be like, hey, I'm going to build this and have this going or what is it? For sure, man. So so the way, and, and this could be useful for people as well who attend conferences. So whenever I take notes at a conference, I have a couple of ideas. But the main idea is short-term and long-term strategies. Mm-hmm. What are things that I can blend right away and make the money back from the conference or the time that I invest that me and my business partner fly out for. And the other piece is what is the long term that I got from ClickFunnels I can get. So I'd say for me, short term, actually, let me go overall and then short term, long term, is overall for us, the decision making whenever we pick conferences is always community first. Yeah. Speakers, content doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's really who are the people around you and what have they done and what are they doing? What's their energy? And what I loved about ClickFunnels the most is the energy is really high. Yes. Like everyone's really excited. Everyone wants to be involved, engaged. No one's selling, which was super mm-hmm. like surprising because I've never yeah. really seen that at conferences. Very rare, which is great. So we'll de- we already bought our tickets for next year. It's great. Yeah. It. Awesome. All right. But the other piece is short term versus long term. So short term, a couple of key takeaways that we got. Number one is we need to talk more about our mission and our free trainings. Free trainings is what drives most of our business. Mm-hmm. And we do ex- excellent. We probably probably have industry leading free trainings in our industry. Wait. Quick question. 
Is your free training okay. your YouTube or do you take them somewhere for a free training? I take them somewhere. So okay. we use a car trip. Yeah, it's just like a car trip page. People join uh, okay. awesome. and, and then uh, they subscribe and we have their email and they just jump. But it's not recorded. Yeah. It's literally, oh. it's live. Like really? I have a free training right now in like an hour and a half. But it's like, oh, okay. it's live. Like 40 people are on it. I'm literally coaching people on the spot. Really? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But the the piece I got from Funnel Hacking that I got from Lauren Golden, I believe her name was, because she she has a seven-figure business in webinars, is you need to talk about your mission too in the in the free training. So not just here's the tips, it's amazing, but also saying, why are we doing this? And I just went, oh, that's good. So I implemented that immediately. That's a good example of short-term. Yeah. I would say long-term for us is probably switch over to ClickFunnels so that we can get the Two Comma Club Award. Uh-huh. Because the status of getting that award is much That's higher amazing. than we thought we was. Because yeah. we, we thought it was like, it's just an award. But then when mm-hmm. you go to that community, everyone is like worshiping the people of two comma like yes. gods. And I'm just like, oh, this is like a very good business tool. Even if we're already doing the same numbers. Like if you do a million on Kartra, mm-hmm. nobody cares. Like nope. literally nobody cares. Even nobody if it's the same cares. number, it's the same business result. Yeah. Nobody cares. But if you do a million on ClickFunnels, like that status and just that picture and that award in the background of your videos yeah it adds incredible like amazing status and like i russell brunson talked about that everything we do is for status increase right correct so and the insight i got there and that's probably more long term that we're implemented that we were shocked by that russell is because clickfunnels is not the best product i'm just i'll be mm -hmm. honest when i say that it's a great product russell's Uh done a fantastic job with it but it's not the best. But the lesson is great product isn't nearly as important as exceptional community. Yes. Because if you have exceptional community and you have an except and sorry, if you have a great community and an exceptional product, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. But if you have exceptional community and a great product, that thing will will skyrocket. Yeah. So much so that I know so many people in the space that have transitioned into ClickFunnels just to get the award. Really? It's nuts. It's insane. Including us, by the way. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, bro. I'm saying, like, if you walk on the stage, take that picture, have that warning in your background, it adds so much credibility to your business. And I agree with you. ClickFunnels is not the best funnel builder software I've used. I stick with ClickFunnels because of what you say, the community. Like, I want to be part of that community. I want to be a, a part of something, right? And I feel like a lot of people, like, uh, also... Russell Brunson says it's the best. Entrepreneurship is probably like the loneliest sport in the world, right? You're literally by yourself, especially if you don't have a partner. You're literally by yourself. You're doing everything by yourself. So to be a part of that community, it brings people together, which is one of the most important things and is why he does it, right? Um, And that's kind of one of the biggest things I got away from that event. I don't know if you agree with me, but it's about building a movement and building a tribe. Like if you can build a movement, and you focus on building a movement of people, give it a name, do build a movement or a tribe, they're gonna like you're gonna be good. Cause like that's your little baby, that's your little movement, right? You're creating a movement and you can go into that movement and actually help them and get sell them your products. Two comma club is right around the corner. It really is. If you focus on building a movement, but the problem is so many people focus on the two comma club award and what to offer. And now the movement building part. I don't know if you agree with me on that. I completely agree. Because what most people don't get is if you do the same thing for 10 years, you won't need ads anymore. Yeah. 
like people will just keep knocking on your door. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the people who would spend a hundred thousand just to spend a day with Russell Brunson. Insane. Literally everybody yeah. in that room, because a third of them of of that community who attended had two comma awards. Yeah, I'd spend a hundred. If I got one on one with Russell for a day. I'd spend a hundred grand. So that guy doesn't need to do anything. He just needs to sit in and uh, coach people a hundred grand a day. And that's the power of building a movement and community. Completely agree. Yes. 100%. Like everybody literally said, no, I'm a fun hacker. I didn't, I, they identified themselves as a mini Russell Brunson. And like, when I saw that, I'm just like, I'm sitting back and I'm really looking at uh, all the speakers and all the speakers had three things in common. They were an authentic leader, right? So they were the personal brand. They had a strong personal brand. They had a movement and they had a new opportunity. All three things had the, all three, they all had those three things. Mm. But the one that really caught my eye the most was the movement part, right? Because if I'm looking at Lauren Golden, right? We were talking about her just not so long ago. She had the free mama movement, right? That she helps moms and frees them from corporate. Like, that's insane. Like, if you really think about it, if she would have just gone out and not created a movement and she would have just been like, hey, I help moms get virtual assistant jobs or whatever it is, she probably wouldn't be where she's at now because she didn't create a movement, a community of people who identify themselves as a free mama or whatever it is, right? Or even Lady Boss. Look at where Lady Boss is, right? Everybody, all of those people identify as Lady Boss. I want to be Lady Boss. I want to be a Lady Boss. I want to be able to do this. And that's why they identify so well with that, you know? It's oh, insane. yeah. It's insane. Like, if you guys are listening to this, right, focus on really building a movement, especially if you already have a product or whatever it is. Just focus on building a movement of people who are willing to pay for your advice. I think that's probably the gold nugget that I got. Oh, yeah. Same, man. I love it. I love it. So, so long term, it's to come a club award. Right, moving into click on us. Pretty sure that you, like you already have that tension. That shouldn't be a problem with you. Are you going to be creating a movement of people? Yeah, I would say for me, man. You know, the big mission behind what I do is I want to make the world an exceptional communicator. Okay. So I think the next Elon Musk is a 15 year old girl who can't afford me. So for me, the biggest mm. reason why I started Master Talk in the first place was never yeah. really to build a business. Right, I had a great job. Yeah, it's because I wanted to create free resources, and that's why I don't pitch on the YouTube channel. It's because I want that to be a library for humans after I'm dead. That's how big we're thinking with this. Mm. So that's the movement I always want to create. In terms of live events specifically, live events are really hard to pull off. So I think for me, it's going to be as the after the business matures quite a bit. Yeah, I would say for now, there's other things that we can do that are much more higher ROI, like attending other people's events. And using them as proxies. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. So let's say we have 10 clients, right? As an example, yep. let's say we do. And we say, we want to host an event with these 10 people. Instead of risking your money and your dollars to make them put them in a room, all you have to do is go, hey, I'm attending Russell Brunson's event. Who wants to do a mastermind with me and the other coach? And you can spend an extra $500 while spend a day together. So or you're using somebody else's event as a proxy for yours. And you don't have to risk because mm-hmm. if everyone says no, Everyone says, no, you don't lose any money. You don't lose any money. Right. So that's, that's insane, it. bro, because I thought so many people do that. I don't know if you've seen it, right? At this yeah. Russell Brunson event, they're like, I'm running a mastermind, you know, after the Russell Brunson event. Or I'm right. running a mastermind, after, yeah, like during or before or something like that. It was like a three-day thing at a house. I saw so many people do that. And I'm like, yeah. 
why are they doing this? I really, I mean, I kind of understood it, but now that you put it this way, like they're just using that name, and then people say yes, awesome, let's do it. Correct. You're or it's clients they already have. Yeah. Right? And and it's it's kind of like a proxy. So they go, oh well, my mentors, the people I've invested in, are going to this thing. Uh-huh. So then they come and then they get a unique experience because they don't just experience Russell; they experience me and Vomsi's summary of the conference. And then we all spend time together, and they get to meet us in person because most, yep. like our clients, as an example, they've met most of them. Yeah, I've never met a know. single of them in person, actually. Very really? few of them, maybe like ten percent, twenty percent, but like not most of them. Awesome. So we have to actually have a question. Someone's asking, is SMMA dead or oversaturated? You know what SMMA is? What is that? SMMA, Social Media Marketing Agency. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw it, right? That's kind of how I got started um, mm. with Social Media Marketing Agency. The thing is, like, a lot of people focus on the business model, but not, again, not the solution or not the problem that you're solving or if, even if you want to solve that problem. And that's my take to it about, you know, social media marketing agency or, you know, Amazon FBA. Those are just like business models, but you have to focus on, okay, what problem do I actually want to solve to what market? And the only way to really do that is what we talked about earlier. Find the market that you're interested in, you know, ask what they want and give it to them and then ask yourself the how, how can I dominate the market? If you ask yourself those four questions, you'll be able to find your own little thing instead of just hey starting a marketing agency and going after realtors everybody's doing that and i'm a big believer that when everybody zigs you gotta zag right exactly (laughs) you know but my version of what you said because i think you're the smarter answer here but for me i would just say anything your average at is dead yes it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is if you're average at it or even above average you're dead so instead what you want to do instead is pick the thing that no one, you know, no mm. one can compete you. So I'll give an example with mine since, we're, since this is a lot more business related. And yeah. Most of the podcasts I do are communication related. <laughs> so for me, the reason I, I was so confident when I left my corporate job, and I am still confident, besides, you know, the yeah. I can go back to my corporate job and all that stuff, is a question. Do you know any other 25-year-olds who are doing YouTube videos on public speaking tips? Nope. Right. So imagine where I'll be in 10 years. Mm. Right. It's like it's a moat that builds on top of itself. It's really hard to compete. The product's really strong because everyone's going to use communication. It doesn't matter if you're in a recession. Doesn't mean or matter if the world's on fire. Everyone needs communication. It's the catalyst. It's the oil that drives everything. 100 percent. Right. And if there's one person who's building a platform on YouTube, you just automatically win. So notice how I picked the right Mm -hmm. market, the right niche that worked for me. Yes. So you need to be exceptional at what you do or, or at least make the effort to be. I love it. I love it. One last question. Why did you pick YouTube as your platform to build? Right. YouTube is the only platform besides blogs and podcasting where your content lives forever, period. Yes. Okay. You could build a brand on Instagram. You could build a brand uh-huh. on Facebook Live. You could do all that stuff and it's fun. You might get some traction. The The social media gods, whether it sucks or whether it's you know, Google might shine some light on you. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, there's only three platforms that allows you to build thought leadership over a long period of time besides books. Okay. Number one is blog. 
right? Like Seth Godin is a great example of someone who did that, wrote a blog for 35 years. Now he's the most famous blog in the world in that niche. Number two is podcasting. Podcasting is great. You own the medium. It's super fun, but it's really hard to rank for search. It's hard Mm -hmm. for people to discover you. YouTube, you don't own the medium, right? Google owns the, 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 the farm, not you. But something you post today, if it's really, really good, will still be watched five years later. So I'll give you an example. My most popular video is still getting, to this day, 600 views a day. Wow. Without me doing anything, I don't pay YouTube anything. They, In fact, they pay me, yeah. right? So, so that's why YouTube, I think, is the best. But at the same time, it's good to diversify your eggs. But I also think the more important advice for beginners is you need to master one platform. Like for mm-hmm. me, what I knew is, yeah, I could be average at Instagram. I could be really good on Instagram or LinkedIn, but I'm really confident nobody could beat me on YouTube in that niche. Yes. So I put all, I put 90% of my eggs in that and then I diversify across. I love it. I absolutely love it. What you just said, um, because let me ask you, how long did it take you to get traction on your YouTube channel? Long time. Long because time. I feel like that's a key. I've tried being a YouTuber three times already. I still am. I still, I mean, that, um, I uploaded every single day for like 60 days or something like that. Right. And I think I, t- I took a three week break um, and I'm starting to post YouTube videos again next week. Like I already have them recorded, edited, all of that stuff. Right. So cause I, f- I, I agree with you. Like YouTube is one of the big platform that really builds up on each other. But how long did it take you in terms of months or years or videos to really get traction yeah. and be able to, wow, this is actually working and going somewhere. Yeah, to be honest, it didn't go anywhere for two and a half years. And it's still mm-hmm. it's still a, an expense for me. I spend 10, 15 Gs on, on my YouTube channel now really? per year. Yeah, it's expensive. But and just to give people an idea, it took me two years and a half, like uh April of this year. Okay, and I started in January 2019, I hit 10k subs. Now I'm at 15. So mm. notice the difference. So it yes. took me two and a half years to get to 10. But six months later, after I got 10, I'm at 15. And now I'm growing 1,200 subs a month, which is nuts. So next year, I'm guaranteed 30. I'll probably be at 35. So what's the message here? The message is I don't recommend YouTube for most people Mm -mm. because most human beings can't be consistent for that long. You really need to be patient and you need to break it down differently. This is what I always say. Think about your personal brand in decades, not days. So most people think about their person. Oh, if I post an IG, I'm going to get like a hundred views. And then one of yeah. those views is going to be a client. That's a stupid way of thinking about it. What you need to do, especially for YouTube is you need to go, I want to post on YouTube for 10 years. That's the mindset. Okay. So that means what's the minimum to win on YouTube once a week. You need to do once a week minimum, unless you're doing documentaries, or yeah. which we're not. So what does that mean? It means for a year, you got to post 52 videos and it means for 10 years, you got to post 520. So what did I do to make sure I won? I wrote 300 of those scripts in my first year of YouTube, right? To make sure that it was impossible for me to miss a week. I literally have content created now until the end of 2023, (laughs) right? That's insane. So even today, my YouTube videos don't even get that many views. Like my recent video, I have 15,000 subscribers. My most recent view has 200 views. Mm-hmm. anyone would quit under those circumstances 100%. but not me because i know in 10 years when i'm 35 years old which is ridiculous when you think about it, when i'm 35 years old mm-hmm. imagine how big this youtube channel would be if i just keep going and just keep going wow that's insane guys 
Listen to what he just said. Do not think about your personal brand as a momentary thing. Think about it as a long-term thing, 10 years from now. What do you want to be known as? And if you're consistent with it, you'll be surprised where you will be in a year from now, just let alone in a year from now. But if you think about 10 years from now, you will be surprised where you will be. Like, I'm pretty sure if I continue with this high tech entrepreneur show in a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, I'm telling you, like, I'm, it's going to be one of the top podcasts. Like, I, I 100% know it. Right? Like, it's, it really is. So, it's all about being consistent, being patient, and obviously, you have to be giving out value. Right? I think I called that the secret formula. I made a video about that not so long ago. Consistency plus patience plus value. That's the three things we need. And that's three things that you're doing. I mean, you have your content written now to two more years from now, bro. Bro, I love it. Congrats for everything that you're doing, man. I Likewise, really brother. appreciate it. This call was insightful, amazing for me. I know people are going to love this when I put this in the podcast. They're going to message me saying this was amazing. And I can't wait to hear about it because, bro, you're doing some amazing things. A lot of people that we're going to be interviewing is going to be more about, you know, marketing, business, you're completely different, but you brought it into like the business world and your story was just amazing because it was different. And I interview and talk to people all the time like, oh, hated my corporate job. You actually loved it. And you did it for something completely different. It was other than the money, which not a lot of people would do. And that is gold. That is gold. That is gold. I appreciate it, brother. Awesome, bro. Any last thoughts that you may have? Yeah, man, I'll end with my with my favorite book and my favorite life advice. So my favorite book is called Thirst by Scott Harrison. I think Scott is a savant in communication and public speaking. I know we didn't talk a lot about that today, uh-huh. but if that's something you want to get better at, I think yeah. Scott is great and you should follow his work. In terms of life advice, the quote that I always end on is be insane or be the same. If you want to mm. be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you want to do something important with your life, you want to do something cool, the only way to do it is to actually be a little bit crazy. I mean, don't you find it odd that at the age of 22, Jonathan, I started a YouTube channel, not on music, Mm -hmm. not on pranks, not on dance videos. Maybe I could have done a little dance. (laughs) I made videos on executive communication. That's insane. And and now I coach them at the C-level, which is nuts. C-level means like CEOs and stuff. But I also live in my mom's basement. I love Justin Bieber and I dance alone in my basement an hour a day. How does that make any sense at all? And that's the point. When every decision in your life matters to the only person that should, which is you, you're probably making the right decisions. I love it. I love it. That was insane, bro. That was insane. Uh, you're going to kill it. I can't wait. Like, I'm obviously going to be talking for the next year, two years, three years, five years, and probably going to have another talk um, in the show. A year from now or sometime from now and we're gonna see how we're gonna look back at this video and that call and see where you are see where i am and it's gonna be amazing i just can't wait because obviously you're gonna be consistent i'm i'm showing up every day and it's just gonna be amazing to see where we are gonna be in the next year two years ten years from now we might be sharing a stage who knows i'm sure we will <laughs> you're awesome man. I, I so much enjoyed meeting you at funnel hacking yes awesome brandon so i'm gonna go ahead and close out the live so guys thank you so much for watching this live thank you so much for having brandon i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys liked it and other than that i'll talk to you guys later